Okay, there's a neshama, which uh, the body consists of two parts. One is the neshama, which is the soul, and the second part is it consists of the physical body, which of course is the is the uh, residence of the soul. Now, uh, the the neshama itself consists of five parts. The first part is called the nefesh, which is connected to the liver. The second part is called the ruach, which is connected to the heart. The third part is called the neshama, which I mentioned is a part, although the word neshama also refers to the totality. So the third part is called the neshama, which is connected to the brain. The fourth part is called the chaya, and that is not connected to any specific organ. It rather surrounds the body like an aura, you see. It's like a, it's like a, a light that envelops the entire body itself. And the fifth part is called the Yechida. Now the Yechida is not in any way connected to the physical body, neither to its organ, <coughs> neither, to its, thanks, neither to its organ, the organs, or to the body as a whole, like the Chaya. The Yechida floats. And the reason why it's called the Yechida is because that is the connection that every neshama has to God. So Yechida means unique, or one, because it is connected to the being that is unique, or one. There you are. There are five parts of the neshama. Okay? Yes. Now, just like we have five parts, okay, Odom um, also had five parts. He had Yechida, and he had the Chaya, Neshama, Ruach, and Nefesh. Now, <clears throat> when he sinned, which means he ate from the tree of knowledge, okay, then four parts became c contaminated. Tum'ah, you see. But right before he ate from the tree, his Yechida separated completely from Adam. Therefore, what is interesting is that the Yechida, which is the Yechida of Adam Horishan, the first man, never was contaminated by the sin of Adam Horishan. You see. Which is very important. Now, the Yechida itself split. After it left, it split. Yechida is considered as the crown of the Neshama. Because like I said, it is the highest part and it connects to the Rabbanu In fact, when you're in Olim Habo, even Gan Eden, the way you experience God is through your Yechida. That's how you experience Him, you see. So the Yechida split after it separated from Odom Horishan. Now, the significance of that, like I said, is the Yechida never became contaminated. So the Yechida is the totality of all the Yechidois of Jews. In other words, if you think about it, Odom Horishan's Neshama really encompassed everybody because there was only one man, Odom, and he was really the totality of every Jew that would ever live. So his Yechida, therefore, is what's called the collective of every Yechida of every Jew. In other words, his Nefesh was the collective of every Nefesh of Jews. So, same thing with his Ruach, 
is the collective of everybody, and the Havdineshama and the Chaya. So the Yechido really is the collective Yechido of every Jew that would ever live, which means my Yechido, your Yechido, everybody's Yechido, is connected, uh, was encapsulated, so to speak, or encompassed by the Yechid of Odom Arishim, you see. Therefore, theoretically, Odom Arishim was really everybody in that sense. Now, like I mentioned, Yechid of Odom Arishim separated into two parts. One is the Yechid of one part, and the second thing is the Yechid that was split from the other part. So you now have two Yechidas, you see. Now, what is the significance of that? Now, what the Mashiach does when he comes is he connects all the Jewish souls to God. In fact, that's the way we, we can experience God. In other words, in the time of the Mashiach, it says, Kimola Oretz Deo, that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God, like the waters covers the seabed. But how does that work? Well, like I said, the way you re- really experience God is only through the Yechidah. That's how you do it, you see. Now, if the Mashiach, therefore, brings this presence back, obviously, he has to have the Yechidah of all Jews. And therefore, what we now realize is the Yechidah of Odomarishim, which split. So, one Yechidah, or one part, that is the crown of the Mashiach ben Yosef. You see. And that is how he brings the presence of God back where all Jews experience it. You see. And that is because he has the Yechidah, or one half of the Yechidah, of Odomarishim, which really is a collective of all Jews. So therefore, the Mashiach is an individual that has to have the Yechidah, you see, of Adam Arishman. So, one half of the Yechidah goes on top of or connects to the Mashiach ben Yosef. The other part, the other half of Yechidah, which of course used to be on Adam Arishman, that becomes the crown for the Mashiach ben David. You see? And that's how they do their thing. Because each one of them, Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, both of them have the Echidah of Odom Horishan, which split right before the Chet. In fact, it is the Echidah that makes the Mashiach the Mashiach. Because without the Echidah of all mankind, which is now distributed in two parts between Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, they cannot bring down the presence of God. Because that's the conduit. So we now realize something very, very important. Is that the Yechid of Adam Arishim is the totality of the Yechid of every Jew. Wrapped up in one thing. Before the Chet, it split. And now there are two. One half Yechidah and the other half Yechidah. And therefore, in the Messianic era, which is what I said, that the Mashiach, especially Ben Yosef, brings the presence and the knowledge of God throughout the entire universe, it can only come through the Yechidah of Adam Therefore, the Yechidah of Adam 
is the crown or the mechanism by which the Mashiach brings the Rabboni Shalom back into creation. And it's not only true of the Mashiach ben Yosef, but it's also true of the Mashiach ben David. Do you see what I'm saying so far? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. That is and the significance. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, that's the first part of the story. The second part of the story is this, and then you understand who the Mashiach is, at least in the spiritual way. Uh, the second part is this, is that the, who is the soul of the Mashiach ben Yosef and the soul of Mashiach ben David, you see? Well, it comes out like this, uh, that the Mashiach ben Yosef really is the neshama of Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef, the one that lived in Egypt. He is the soul, really, of the Mashiach, uh, of, of Yosef HaTzadik. You see. Now, uh, so, and, and the, the one who's the neshama of Mashiach ben David is David HaMelech. Okay? It used to be Yehuda, because we know that it says, that the scepter of kingship will never be removed from Yehuda. But what happened was, since Yehuda was the one responsible to sell uh, Yosef HaTzadik to the Egyptians, we know that, he's the one who sold them, right? And all the brothers went along, because Yehuda was the, he was the greatest, at that point, uh, the leader of the Shvatim. Therefore, that soul of the Mashiach, Ben David, was taken away from him because of that uh, sin, that incident, that he sold Yosef. And that soul of the Mashiach, Ben David, is now given to David HaMelech, who is also a descendant, you see, of uh, uh, yeah. uh, Yehuda, uh, or rather, um, David HaMelech, you see. Uh, so therefore, Yehuda originally had the neshama of the Mashiach, and therefore, uh, that's one, that was taken away from him because he sold Yosef, and that was given to David HaMelech. The neshama of Mashiach ben Yosef is Yosef HaTzadik, right? And, and he still retains that. Now, what is important to understand is this, is that there are different levels of neshamas. Adam HaRishon was the greatest neshama ever to, be, ever to exist. And he included the totality of all Jews. That's Adam HaRishon. Now, so when he sinned, okay, then the neshamas of Adam HaRishon became fragmented. And each aspect was now put into an individual body and given consciousness. Therefore, what we recognize is that there are different levels of neshamas. You see, the neshama hakoyleles, which is the, uh, the um, neshama which is organized or includes all neshamas, was Adam. However, after him, his neshama now sort of was divided into three eventually, and that became the others. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And they are called, they are the patriarchs, they are the neshama, again, which was used to be in Adam, and they are like sort of the first level of neshamas. 
And then they had what's called sparks, just like a fire. There's a fire, and it gives off sparks. And each spark is like the original fire, you see. Each spark of an original fire, which is the primary, can enter a physical body and assume a separate consciousness, you see. Now, therefore, the Ovis, first was Adam, which split into three, which is the three Ovis, okay, that split into 12. Yaakov split into 12, which is the Shvatim, you see. Now, the Shvatim now issued, their Nishamas issued sparks, which became the 600,000 Jews that went out of Egypt. You see, so each one has, an, has a spark, and the Kriyasul is nothing more than all the sparks that emanated see, from the 12 tribes. Okay, so that's a very important idea. Now, <clears throat> if we go back to the Mashiach ben Yosef, Yosef HaTzadik had the neshama of the Mashiach ben Yosef. But he wasn't Mashiach ben Yosef. He is what's called a candidate for the Mashiach ben Yosef. What does that mean? Uh, that means, ultimately speaking, he will be in his Galgel in generation after generation. Uh, and therefore, in each generation, there is always uh, the, uh, the, uh, one, one of the Shrasham of the uh, Mashiach ben Yosef. In other words, the, nish, the Nisham of Mashiach ben Yosef, let's call that the root, or not even the root, let's call that the foundation. The Nisham of, Mishik, of, of Yosef HaTzadik is called the foundational soul of the Mashiach. Now, from that, sparks emit. But those sparks that come out of the Mashiach, Yosef HaTzadik's foundational Nisham, are called Shrasham, roots. <clears throat> and what the Ramanisham does is he, in each generation, since it is possible for that generation to have the Geula, the redemption, Therefore, each Shirish inhabits one physical person throughout every generation. comes out that through all the generations since the Shvatim or Yosef, every generation had a person whose neshama was a Shirish of Yosef HaTzadik. You see, but he was a Shirish. That means he was a candidate. And in the generation that would be worthy of the Gula, then the Yechida of, of Adam Marishan would now crown that Shurish Neshama of Yosef in that particular generation. You see the way it works? Therefore, what is Nisgalgil, what, Nitgalgil, what, what uh, 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 circulates or reincarnates, really, uh, is a Shurish of Mashiach ben Yosef, which really emanates from the foundation Ishama of Yosef HaTzadik. You see, that's the way it works. Now, therefore that person, since he has a shirish of Mashiach ben Yosef, can be Mashiach ben Yosef only, A, if the generation is found worthy where the redemption happens in that generation, and the way he becomes Mashiach, since he will usher in the Divine Presence, or make it known to all Jews, must have the Yechidah of Odomarishim, which is designated for the Mashiach ben Yosef. Therefore, the one who will be Mashiach 
will have three things. One, he will have the uh, foundation in the Shema of Yosef HaTzadik. That will be connected to a Shurish of Yosef HaTzadik, you see. And therefore, he will be crowned with the Echidah of the Mashiach Ben Yosef, which was originally the Echidah of Odomarishan. Therefore, you're looking at an individual that has three souls, which is incredible. Now, since he has Yechid of Adam, he will have the collective Yechidah, or half of it, of every Jew that, that lives. And that is how every Jew in the generation of the Mashiach experiences God, or incredible prophecy, because he's got that Yechidah. Now, on the other side, is Mashiach Ben David. The foundation of the Shom of Mashiach Ben David is David HaMelech. He gives rise again to sparks, which are called Shrashim. In every generation, there must be a Shurash of Mashiach ben David. That if that generation merits the redemption, then he will get the crown, the Yechidah of Odomarishan that is designated for the Mashiach ben David. Also comes out that he will be three also. He will be the foundation Shama of David HaMelech. He will also be the Shirish of David HaMelech in the sense of Mashiach ben David. And he will receive the crown of the original Yechid of Odomarishan. And in that case, he will also be able to impart the presence of God uh, throughout all the Jews. So here you have two individuals that are Shrashim, that are roots. One is a root of Yosef HaTzadik, and the other is a root of Dovra Melech. But neither are Mashiach. They are what's called a candidate for Mashiach, if that generation has the redemption. And when they have the redemption, then the Yechida is released and crowns both individual. So it comes out that in any generation, there is always the possibility of Gula. Because in each generation, there's always an individual that could be the Mashiach, you see. Now, when the Geula happens, then Yachida will be released from what's called its klipa, or it will be released from its inability to crown an individual. And that is really what the Pekida is. The Pekida is a certain time period. And that is when the Yachida of Odomarishan separated because of the sin of Odom. When the Echid of Odomarishan becomes released, both to the Mashiach ben Yosef and also to the Mashiach ben David. And that is the incredible uh, time period. That is the true Aschalte de Gula. When that Echid is released and now can crown the individual who's called ben Yosef and the individual who's called Ben David, that is the true Aschalted Geula, the beginning of redemption, and that is referred to as the Pekida or the remembrance. You see the way it works? Yes. Do you understand what I just said? Yes, very much so. Okay. You now understand a much deeper level of what you mentioned. So therefore, getting back to your question, the Yechidah, or rather the Shurish of Ben Yosef and Ben David, actually really mostly Ben Yosef, is Nizgalgal. 
goes from generation to generation to generation. But in each generation, it's not the same person. Because there are many shroshim that emanated from that foundational soul called Yosef. So in each generation, it's a different person, you see, because really it's a different shirish. That's basically what it is. So there's any number of individuals, so to speak, that can be Mashiach when Yosef, you see. But what makes a Mashiach is only if he has the crown, which is the, uh, the Torah, the crown of, uh, of the Yechid of Odom Arishim. And so that's what's reincarnated in every single generation, to allow for the fact that if Klai Yisrael is worthy and the Gula happens, whether the Gula happens because of schus, uh, merit, or whether the Gula happens because of Be'itoi, it must happen, because that is the final time of redemption, that Yechida will, will light upon an individual that has that Nishama. But what's interesting also is that even the, sh- the Shurish itself has many Nitzoids, can have sparks. Each spark can enter people. So it comes out that besides the Mashiach ben Yosef, there are also individuals that can contribute to the Messianic process. And therefore it could come out that there are individuals among the Jewish people that even if they're not the Shurish, and therefore they cannot be the Mashiach ben Yosef, but they are sparks, and therefore they can be part of that process, which is an extraordinarily great merit. Because they're actually parts of that, you see. And that's also true of Mashiach ben David, that there can be Nietzsche sparks that can contribute to his coming, you see. And that's basically what it is. That is the understanding of the spiritual composition of the Mashiach ben Yosef and the Mashiach ben David. So that's Does basically Mashiach what Mashiach ben Yosef actually announce himself or he's undercover doing everything? We really don't know him. Whereas David ah. is more going to be publicized where we see him in physical knowing him. <clears throat> well, the interesting thing about Mashiach is that he, his neshama, especially Mashiach ben Yosef, is entrapped in what's called the, the tumor, or what's called the clipus. You know, and, and what, what happens is, is that he's paralyzed. Not literally, but figuratively. In other words, you have an individual that cannot express himself at all, even though to him, he's a phenomenally great spiritual person. And he knows that. But he doesn't understand why he has these terrible problems, that he cannot express or grow in spirituality, there's what's called an incredible blockage or barrier, you see, to accessing the powers that he has or the ability that he has. Because after all, this guy is a Sherish bin Yosef. So his spiritual ability is awesome, you see. And for some reason, and we know why, because he is surrounded by the Satan, and that's part of the whole process of redemption. Right? And he, he can't grow. He's stuck. You see? So therefore, he could be walking around anywhere, right? You'd never know that. Because he, he comes across as an ordinary person. 
that has unbelievable spiritual potential. Because really, he's a sherish. Yet, you could be talking to the man and never know that this is guy is Mashiach ben Yosef. That he's actually a sherish, but without the yechida. You see? And that yechida is what releases him. You see? And therefore, what can he really do? So, that's called the Yisurei Mashiach ben Yosef. Uh, that is called the, the Yisurim, the sufferings of the Mashiach ben Yosef. <clears throat> you see? And that suffering, by the way, is necessary for him. Why? Because there's a very interesting medrash. Fascinating. It's in the Yalkut Shemoni. And here's what it says. Uh, it says, at the beginning of time, when God created the Neshama of the Mashiach ben Yosef, and I'm, not, I'm referring only to ben Yosef and not ben David, at the beginning of time, what happened is God approached that Neshama and he said to him that in the end of time, many Jews will not be able to get Olam Habo. That's what he said. Because they will not have reached the threshold of being able to get Olam Habo, or for that matter, even Gan Eden. This is what he said. Not all the Jews, but there are many Jews that will not be able to make it, which is terrible. So the Mashiach ben Yosef said to him, okay, that he said that he will accept the sufferings that these people should have gotten, and that would have enabled them to merit Gan Eden and Olam Habo. He will accept the sufferings of these people in order to help them atone for whatever sins they did. And he said also, not only he, uh, will, will he accept the suffering of all the Jews in his generation when he comes, but he will accept the sufferings of every Jew that ever lived, which is astounding. In other words, any Jew that ever lived that somehow cannot uh, get into the Olam uh, Habo and Gan Eden. Why? Because uh, the suffering would be greater than what the world can offer, or even Gehenna. He has accepted upon himself, which is awesome. So what he did is he made himself a sacrifice, because he wants every Jew to be able to get into Gan Eden and subsequently into Olam Habo. So God said to him, "Okay." If you do that, that means that every Jew will get into Olam Habo. So what did God do? He took a yoke that's symbolic, a yoke that you put on top of, you know, a, uh, a cow, an ox, right? He took an iron yoke and he put it on the neck of the Mashiach ben Yosef. And that is symbolic of all the suffering that has to be atoned for in order for every Jew to get Olam Habo, you see. He put it on his neck, and all of a sudden, the Mashiach ben Yosef bowed. He just bent over, because the weight of that iron yoke was incredible. So the Mashiach ben Yosef started screaming, and he said, I can't bear this. This is impossible for a human being to bear this. So God said to him, because the Bosham wanted him to bear that, so like this he would be able to get every Jew into Olam Habo with merit. 
So the Barsham said to him, but you promised. So the Barsham said to him, in order to help you, my divine presence will go into Galut, into the exile. You see. And that also helps the Jews. And therefore, you know, that's called Shechinta Bigaluta. That's the Shechina in Golos. So the Mashiach ben Yosef said, okay, it is sufficient for the slave, meaning himself, to be like the master. If you accept upon yourself some aspect of atonement for the Jewish people, so I will somehow bear it. You see. So what we find is something very interesting. Is that the Gilku of Mashiach ben Yosef is not only to enable Klai Yisrael to have a Messiah, Mashiach ben Yosef, if they are worthy of redemption, but it's also to allow him to suffer as an atonement to help the Jewish people survive and get Olam Habo. You see. So that's definitely what's on the agenda. You see. So therefore, but the greatest suffering of all, apparently, is in the last generation that will actually have the redemption. In that way, he suffers terribly. It's sort of like the culmination of all the Gilgulim of Mashiach ben Yosef, you see. And therefore, because of that suffering, the Jews will be able to do that. Now, we, it's hard for us to envision that. What it means is that here's a guy, right? You want to understand who the Mashiach ben Yosef is? Think about this, okay? It says in Yeshayo, Nunbez, 52, it says, Hine yaschel avdi, behold, thy servant will grow wise. Then it says three expressions of growth. V'yorum, v'niso, v'gova mi'oid. You see. Now, who is this avdi? Who is this servant that will grow wise? Which means that he will grow. So the Targum says, this is Malka Meshicha. This is the Messiah. Okay? Specifically, it's Mashiach ben Yosef. Which tells us that this individual, right, he will grow wise, right? Because in the beginning, he's an ordinary guy. So the Medrash asks, wait a minute. The does say that he will grow with three expressions. One expression is Vyorum, and he will become great. So what does that mean? So the Medrash says is that that means that the individual, the Shama, or Shirish, of the real Mashiach ben Yosef, the one who gets the crown, will be greater than Avram Avinu. Could you imagine what it means to be greater than Avram Avinu? Then the Pasuk continues, and it says, Venisa, and he will become great. What does that mean? So the Medrash says that he will become greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. Could you imagine what that means? We cannot even imagine Moshe Rabbeinu. Yet this man, Mashiach ben Yosef, when he's finally released from his klipa, from his, so to, so to speak, his prison, will be greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Medrash now asks, well, there's one more expression of growth, which is Vagova Miyoid, and he will become exceedingly great. So the Medrash says, well, if he's greater than Avram and Moshe, then what's next? And the Medrash answers 
that he will be greater than the Malachim. Could you imagine an individual who is an ordinary man when he starts out and he becomes greater than the angels? It's awesome. We cannot even imagine such a person, you see. And that's, so if that's what he grows into, can you imagine what his suffering is? Because he's denied that greatness that means he is greater than the angels. So he's actually denied that potential into an actuality. Could you imagine what kind of suffering that is? That there's a guy who is greater than the Malachim, greater than Moshe Rabbeinu, and greater than Avram Avinu, yet in the beginning, he is, who is he? He's an ordinary guy. That if you met in the street, you'd never know who he was. Could you imagine speaking to a guy that has that type of potential? It's unbelievable. Yet that's what happens. Therefore, his suffering allows the Jewish people, all of them, to enter Ganeden and to enter Olam Habo. That's called the Yisurin of Mashiach ben Yosef. And because he accepted the, re- the punishment, the suffering for the punishment of the Jews, he is rewarded with an unbelievable reward. In fact, it says in that Yalkut, that Medrash, that all the others, the others, Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, everybody, David Melch, they all come over to the Mashiach ben Yosef and they tell him that you are greater than us. Why? Because we did not have to go through what you went through. You went through this as a volunteer to make sure that all the Jews would survive. You see. So could you imagine the greatness of this man that will appear? But what is important to understand is that he starts off as a regular guy. That if you were speaking to him, you'd never know. But his spiritual potential is completely blocked. So that's another reason why he's in his galgal. Because in every generation he suffers for this, you see. But the greatest suffering is in the generation that he will really appear, you see. And what happens is, is he's released from that prison and he will begin to grow. So in a certain sense, he doesn't announce his presence. He is his presence, you see. All of a sudden, you and everybody else and all the Jewish people begin to see some guy and all of a sudden he's changing and he becomes greater and greater. I mean, think about the greatest tzaddik that you can imagine, right? I mean, all of you have met tzaddikim, I'm sure, right? You have met people who are really gedolim, enormous spiritual people, right? Think of those people, right? Imagine when you meet them, what do you feel? You can feel the spirituality of these people, right? Imagine meeting the Mashiach, but, but what happens if they grew and they assumed a position a thousand times greater? Would you need proof? You would stand in front of these guys and shake at their spirituality. That's how difficult it would be for you to receive this. Therefore, this Mashiach ben Yosef, imagine his first stage of growth, his great Avraham Avino, that itself is is unbelievably devastating 
to the Jewish people. Because how can they tolerate that? They can't. So he doesn't have to prove he's anybody. His mere presence will announce who he is. And guess what? Then he just continues growing. You see? So therefore, that's the concept of the Gilgal. So you now understand the concept of Yechida, of Odom. You now understand the concept of, you know, that he has to grow. You understand the concept of, concept of a Shurish is a candidate for the Yechida. And only in the generation that he actually is the Mashiach does he get the Yechida of Odom Arishan, which is the only Neshama that was never contaminated because of the sin. And you also understand his predicament. His predicament is he's an individual, right, that is unbelievably in, 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 uh, paralyzed initially. You know, if you think about it, the forerunner, if you think about it, is Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, imagine if you lived in Ethiopia, right, where Moshe Rabbeinu is, was, after he ran away from Egypt, right? What would you say? He'd be an ordinary guy. I mean, you'd see, obviously, that he's a special guy. You know, he seems to have great talents of leadership, right? And I'm sure he would come across as highly gifted. But you would never believe that he's the Moshe Rabbeinu that will speak to God face to face. Of course not. That's beyond belief. Yet, if you met him before the snare, before the burning bush, right? Let's say he ran away when he was 26, because that's when he ran away when he was 26, right? And all of a sudden, at 40 years old, you happen to meet him. And he happens to live in Ethiopia, because there's all Midrashim about that, right? And he's a, the major general, he's a king. So you'd say, okay, he's, a, wait, he's an unusual guy, he's really gifted. Boy, he's bright and all that. But you would not feel the unbelievable spiritual potential of this man, right? You would never say that this guy is the man who is the greatest prophet who ever lived and will speak to God face to face? Of course not. You see? That's the same concept as Mashiach ben Yosef. It's like speaking to... In fact, it's even more interesting. Imagine if you met Moshe Rabbeinu when he was 21 years old and he lived in the palace of Pharaoh, Pare. Right? He's an Egyptian. He looks like an Egyptian. He, he dresses like an Egyptian. In fact, you would think that he's just a regular Egyptian. Yeah, you, you'd feel that there's something special about him, maybe, but that's a million miles from a person who's the greatest prophet who ever lived, and even the Rabbanu calls him Avdi, and so on. Of course not. He's 21 years old, right? It's the same idea. That's the forerunner of Mashiach ben Yosef, you see. And by the way, the reason why he went into the desert, or he had to run away from Egypt, because that's one of the forms of the suffering of Mashiach ben Yosef. Moshe Rabbeinu was a Shurish of Mashiach ben Yosef. And he should have been the man, he should have been crowned at Har Sinai. But because the Jews did the Egel, he wasn't. So he remained just a Shurish, you see? And the fact that he had to run away is part of the acceptance of Mashiach ben Yosef, you see, as somebody who will atone for the Jewish people. In fact, I'll tell you one more thing. Why is Moshe Aminu not buried? Well, we don't know where his burial site is. And why is he buried outside of Eretz Israel? 
because Moshe Rabbeinu even now suffers for the Jewish people, but in a spiritual form, because his neshama is denied the proper uh, attachment to God. So the concept of him being buried outside of Israel mirrors the fact that he is not in his right place. Because spiritually, Moshe Rabbeinu is suffering to help the Jewish people survive. You see the way it works? So this is the forerunner. And that's why Egypt is a forerunner, is a model for what will happen. You see. Okay. I think I've answered your question. Very well. Thank you. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. How did the Yechida know to split before the sin of Adam? <clears throat> well, uh, intuitively, it probably knew because Yechida, since it's connected to God, has this incredible sensitivity of Tumor. And when it saw, so to speak, that Adam was about to reach for whatever fruit he was about to eat from the Yeretz Hadas, right? He realized that he was about to encounter an unbelievable amount of Tumor. So, obviously, it's incredible sensitivity to Ruchnias. Because remember, it is what, it's the bridge that connects you to the Ainsoif, to God. So, obviously, it had the capacity to realize it was about to become contaminated. Any more questions? Abbas, can you give us a little bit of Shavuot? What's this holiness connected to the coming of the Mashiach? Oh, Shavuot. Actually, Shavuot is next. Not this Shabbos, but the following Shabbos. Yeah, we Shabbos. wanted to talk about Shavuot. What, if Mashiach could come next week, I'm, I'm waiting for a long time. He's not showing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope, he'll, be, he'll show up soon. What took him so long? What took him so long, you know what it is. Because the Jews have to complete their mission. But part of the what took him so long is the fact that, you know, he has to atone or help atone all the Jews. Do you know when there are many tzaddikim that said, well, why is the Mashiach ben Yosef, why is he not coming? So you know what they said? They said, well, when we get to Ilum ha- when we get to Gan Eden, we are going to talk to the Mashiach and get him to come. There were many tzaddikim that said that, by the way. So obviously the question is, well, why didn't that happen? Why isn't he here? Because I'm sure those tzaddikim kept their word. What was that? He was suffering somewhere else. I didn't hear that. What was that? He was suffering somewhere else. Well, well, yes, that's true, right? But the the Yechidah, which is in Ganeiden, they asked the Yechidah, why doesn't he come and crown whoever is the Mashiach ben Yosef? Right? So you know what the Yechidah answers? Mm -hmm. It says the following. It says, okay, I'll come today, but I'll tell you something. If I come today, that means... 400,000 Jews will not get into Olam Haba. Why? Because they have not been atoned for yet. In other words, I have not completed what I said I would do at the beginning of creation. So then the tzaddik says, wait a minute, you're telling me that if you come today, 
400,000 Jews will not again learn in Amhabo? So the Mashiach, the Yechida of Mashiach Ben Yosef says, no, I won't, because I'm coming too soon, and I will not have completed the suffering that I undertook, right, at the beginning of creation. So what do you think that Sadiq says? He says, don't come. Because he realizes that if the Mashiach Ben Yosef comes, the crown, then hundreds of thousands of Jews, I mean, whoever has not been sufficiently atoned for, will not get a Yimapo. You see, nobody wants that. So it's true on one side that if he comes, right, you know, the Jews will be redeemed. But hundreds of thousands of Jews will not get Oilem Habo. And in the end, the critical thing is not the Geula, it's Oilem Habo, because that goes on forever. You see? So obviously he says, no way. Obviously Tzadikim say no. If that's the price that is paid because you come early and therefore have not finished your mission, then do not come. Now you understand why. Tzadikim say that they're going to talk to the Mashiach, the Yechidah, and that he should come. And that is why none of them are successful. Not because of the Mashiach ben Yosef, because they say, cancel my request. Because they realize that the price of his coming means that the Jewish people, many of them, not all of them, but many of them, will not get Oilem And nobody wants to take the responsibility for that. And that's why he doesn't come. You see? That's why. It's a very important idea. So he will come when he will have finished, when the Jews will have finished their tikkun, whatever mission they have to do, and he will come when he will have finished the atonement that he provides all the Jewish people. You see? Now that's your answer. So now, what are, where are we in the sense of like, Last week was Lagba Omer, and you told us that it had amazing messianic light that brought down into the world. Um, so where are we now with, like, what's our next step in the process of waiting for him? Yeah. I mean, what's the next step or stage? What, what comes next? What, what, what do we well, have to tomorrow do? night, which is interesting, tomorrow night is the yacht site uh, of Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato. So uh, I plan to give a shear tomorrow night in my kitchen. Oh, I'm excited. Wait, how do we hear yeah. it? Well, I'm going to give you, it'll be put on the internet on Wednesday. Uh, it's the yacht side of Rabbi Moshe Chaim Mutsato, who is the uh, a primary teacher of mine oh, wow. for over 50 years. And uh, I'm going to give a shear tomorrow night, and we'll be put on the internet um, probably Wednesday. Yeah. So there I will deal with, you know, uh, what the, uh, what's happening in terms of the coronavirus and, and, and so on, you know. But there's no question that this uh, pandemic that we are experiencing is a very important part, as I once said, once gave a whole sheet about that, is a very important part to bring the world or actually give it a great amount of atonement. The problem is that the world, the Jewish people, A, and the world in general, B, 
uh, they do not deserve a guuva because there's a tremendous amount of uh, accusations against them. So what the Rav does is to remove the ac- accusations. He has to satisfy the judgment because he created judgment and therefore he's got to satisfy the judgment because the redemption can only come when all judgments against the Jewish people will have been satisfied. So what you're looking at that's is called a cleanup. That's, that's what the coronavirus the really is. What? Is that the Pachat Mavet? That's how he cleans it up and satisfies the judgment? Exactly. So the Rabbanisham, instead of killing everybody, which is what he did in previous Very epidemics, nice. there's enormous amount, you know, the Spanish flu, there's 100,000 people. Uh, what, uh, what, what, what am I talking about? 100 million people that died. And the same thing with the bubonic plague and so on. You know, those were the two greatest pandemics, you know. Obviously, like I said, you know, he, he's using instead the Pachad Mavis. So that's a very important concept. But the essential idea is that this is a cleanup of the, of the Jewish people. And unfortunately, that's why many Jews are sick. And terribly speaking, tragically, many tremendous Choshev people have died. You know, because it's a cleanup, really, in many ways, for the Jewish people. But it embraces the world also. It's a cleanup for the world. Because the world has become like Sedaim. Terrible. The Hashkata of the world is terrible. So therefore, God wants to satisfy the judgment of the entire planet. And that is why it's a pandemic. Because everybody has to be included in some way or another. And even those people who are not sick, fortunately, and thank God they haven't died or gone to the hospital, they also suffer because everybody's stuck in their house. You know, everybody, the whole world is suffering simultaneously, which is unbelievable. How God pulled this off. Only God can pull this off. Where every living soul is suffering in different degrees. But even those people who are not, you know, uh, thank God, they didn't die and they're not in the hospital, they have no symptoms, they're also stuck. And besides that, there's another way of suffering, which is economically. No, you know, people aren't doing business anymore, and there are many people, tragically, that will not even be able to open up their business again. They'll go bankrupt, you know, and so on. So everybody's suffering, uh, and even for those people that are not suffering economically, they're stuck to their house. And they can't go out, engage in normal, you know, interaction with other people. You know, they can't engage. And that's suffering. Everybody's confined to their house, you know. Uh, each one at his own way. You know, everybody wants to get out and enjoy themselves, whether it be you go to a restaurant or, or whatever, you know, and so on, you know. You go to parks, you go on touring, you go uh, traveling, whatever. They can't even do that, which is unbelievable, you see. So everybody's suffering, each one in his own way, based on to what extent God has to clean them up. Unfortunately, you are looking at a cleanup of the Jewish people. And that's why many people, unfortunately, have died. But that's the stage you're looking at. This is what's called a precursor event. 
It is an event that precursors, which means precedes the Geula. In fact, uh, I, I mentioned this in one of the Shuram, that it says, Omar Rabchiyah Ba'avo says, right, that before the Messianic era, Dever Godel, there will be a great plague. And a Dever Godel is not an epidemic, it's a pandemic. You see, the question is why? Why is this necessary before the Mashiach comes? And the answer is to satisfy the judgment, both on the Jewish people and to a certain extent even on the world. Fortunately, you know, it, there's a lot of Rachmanus in this, and that is that the atonement is not necessarily death, but it is Pachad Mavis, which is part of the part of the suffering. And it's, uh, you know, uh, other ways, you know, economically and so on, or just being confined, you see. So therefore, uh, you are looking at a stage that must precede the Mashiach. Because the world is so corrupt in general, and so, so mushkos, so contaminated, that there has to be some type of a cleanup, some type of a satisfaction of judgment itself, you see. And that's what's happening. The good, the, so that's the bad news. The good news uh, is that this is the Devergadal. And therefore, this is a stage before the Mashiach. So therefore, that's the good news. It's not just another pandemic, you know. It is a precursor. It's a preparatory stage of the actual messianic process. So, so that's the Mashiach good news. Mashiach ben Yosef could be now, here, but we don't, oh, yeah. we don't see him physically. And then, God willing, when the pandemic ends because we, we cleaned up enough of us, we grew, and we grew yeah. more spiritually and closer to Hashem, then right away Mashiach ben David arises? Yes. Well, not yeah, David, no. Next week is no, no, no. David Amelis, is that significant in, of any way? First is Mashiach ben Yosef. He is the first. Ben David will come came already. later. Who? Here. Who? I think Mashiach Ben Yosef is here because suddenly everybody's more into classes. All day long I'm listening to classes. I, I'm enjoying it all day long. I never would do this if it wasn't a pandemic. Yeah, that's true. That's one of the purposes of the pandemic. I mean, is, all day long, you don't know, I must have six hours a day of classes and I'm loving it. Yeah, I don't want to well, stop. I love these Zoom rabbis all day. Although <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the quarantine. You know, yeah, let me tell you something. I happen to be enjoying this. Okay, who's upset? Like people don't like, they're not going to work, the economy. Yeah. I'm so happy. I find myself growing spiritually each and every day more and more and more and more. Okay. You see, one of the purposes of this pandemic is to deny everybody an involvement in the physical world. That's what you see? You can't work, right? You can't shop, basically. You know, you can't go to a restaurant or... I mean, you just cannot engage, right? So what do you do? You're home. What? You don't even have a desire to go to a restaurant. I wake up in the morning now, I, I feel weird to put on pants. I'm putting on a skirt to pray. Okay. Like, it, well, it's that, very different. Yes, that's good. That's great. You know, obviously, ma- many people don't do that. You know, they're just sitting there, frustrated. You know, their business is uh, dormant. 
you know, and so on, you know, and they got their kids to worry about <coughs> that are running all over the house and all that. There's no school. Nobody knows what's going to be in the summer, you know, and so on. Uh, look, everybody's suffering in a different way. But what you're looking at is a precursor, a prerequisite. You're looking at a, a, a beginning stage. And that's what that Medrash says, that's what he means, that the Dever Godel is a precursor to the so Messianic. The precursor to Mashiach ben Yosef coming. Mm-hmm. Yes, not ben David. First ben Yosef. And he has to do, like I say, the first thing he has to do is grow. You see? He's got to leave what's called his klipah, his shell, or his prison. Right. And that only Before, happens in the pikidah. Uh, that, and that, that is the pikidah, yes. It's, that's the equivalent, by the way, of Moshe Rabbeinu and the sneh, the burning right. bush. That was the pikidah, you the see? Bush. And that's really what happened. Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the shurish of Mashiach ben Yosef, in that generation, was released. You see? And the yeah. God told them, go. And all of a sudden, you know, Moshe Rabbein, before the bush and after the bush, in many ways, were two different people. Right. You know? Because what happened is, is that, you know, well, he, he certainly was a shirish uh, of Mashiach ben Yosef. But what was interesting is that he was never really Mashiach ben Yosef. But, but he was he removed. He had a but connection he, to have been yes. the Mashiach ben Yosef. Yes, what is interesting. Oh, collect the bones of Yosef. Maybe he felt that he was connected to him. Yes, exactly. In fact, that's what he did. He took out Yosef Everybody because what that means. Bones. See, what that means when he took out Yosef, the bones of Yosef, is that the the Orishan, the messianic light, was in the klipa. You see. Because the Echidah connects to that messianic light. That's the unique property of the Echidah. And that was in the Klippa, you see. So when he took out Yosef Satsadek, uh, uh, the bones and all that, what that meant is that the, the Echidah itself, to a certain extent, went out of the Klippa, you see. But it didn't crown Moshe Rabbeinu yet, because the Tikr was not complete which I'll talk about when I talk about Shavuos. Maybe next week I'll talk about Shavuos, since it proceeds. I have proceeds. a question, Rabbi. What so, was that? I have a question. So, when I, I remember you saying that when um, uh, Mashiach ben Yosef comes, um, the Shekhinah will come down, not the Shekhinah, sorry, the Beit HaMikdash will come down in a fire, in a fire um, yes. and then all the Jews will run to Israel. Well, everybody will recognize, yeah. But uh, some rabbis are saying that it's going to come down. No, they'll say they're saying that Mashiach ben David is going to is is going to bring that. Then when Mashiach ben David comes, is when we're all going to go to Israel. So is it during? No, that's not true. No, it's not not true. true. No. Repeat what Um, is the truth. Well, let me put it this way: the Gemara, it's Yerushalmi, clearly indicates that the Beit HaMikdash will be built, the third Beit HaMikdash, will be built before Mashiach ben David. Yes? Okay. That's what it says. Now, if that's the case, then obviously all the Jews are in Israel. Because who's not going to want to go to Eretz Israel when there's a third Beit HaMikdash, right, which is miraculous? Everybody's going to go. 
Every, every, every Jew will go to Eretz Yisrael because he realizes uh, this is it. This is the end. We're not talking about a building that is built by people. We're talking about a building that is mostly constructed by God. That's probably one of the greatest miracles you've ever seen, right? So everybody will go. If that's the case, so the Jewish people will be in Eretz Yisrael before Mashiach ben David, right? Got it? Got it. So what they're saying is incorrect. I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't know who it is. Well, it doesn't make a difference. I don't want to know. But the main idea is that it's incorrect. that the Mashiach ben Yosef is going to do the fighting, get fight, killed in the war, and the Mashiach ben David is going to bring in the spirituality. <clears throat> well, when are they going to blow the shofar? What was that? When are they blowing the shofar of the gula, the Mashiach? That's Mashiach ben David. Right. And what does that mean when they blow it? Well, that's the beginning of the Messianic era. Remember I explained to you, I think it was last, wasn't it last week? Or yeah, you said it's the, like translucent. The, our bodies become translucent, our souls on the outside and our physical, like the inside. The well, that, that's after, no, that's after the year 6,000. But I explained that, uh, I think it was, was it last week or the week 200 before. 200 years from now. Well, no, that's the matter. It's going to be yes. alive when he comes is it during our lifetime. <laughs> what was that? Is this Mashiach going to be here during my lifetime, or it's going to be after? How does he know what no, it's Well, I, I believe, I believe it'll be in all of our lifetimes. Amen. Wow. Rabbi, what happens if they tell you you're the Mashiach? If they tell me? Yeah, you, you know a lot of things. You could be well, one the of first the show Well, the first thing I will say is, please let me sit down first. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, but I mean, I, let me tell let's, let's say, you know, uh, that would be highly, in, highly interesting, uh, but, um, but like I say, you know, therefore, these miracles will happen before Ben David comes. Ben David introduces what's called the Messianic era. That's a different era than Mashiach Ben Yosef. In that era, the Sutton is killed or eliminated. That means there's no death, there's no disease, there's no uh, decomposition of anything. The physical laws of nature change in a certain way. You see? That's something that we've never seen. You know? That's something that will be similar to the plagues of Egypt, which was supernatural. So, in his era, the world will live in a supernatural way. But in Ben Yosef's era, there will be, it will be natural, except the spirituality will grow exceedingly. But the Galut will end in the time of Mashiach Ben Yosef, not Mashiach Ben David. By the time he comes, the Galut is over, and the Jews will be in Eretz Israel, and you will have a Beit HaMikdash. You know, Mashiach Ben Yosef's job is what's called the transition. He is responsible to take the world from one set to another. You see, it's like changing the scenery in a play. You know, he's got to change the scenery. Once the scenery has been changed, let's say for the last act, then Mashiach ben David comes, you see. But he's got to have a different scenery. The one in charge of the scenery, changing it, 
is the Mashiach ben Yosef. You see? Now, there are things, of course, that change also in Mashiach ben David. Like I said, you know, the Satan is destroyed. No more death, no more sickness. in the year 6000? What was that? No, long before. Oh. The year 6000 is the end of the, this world. And that is the end of the Messianic era, you see. So oh. the time of the Mashiach... All this has happened before 6000, once 6000... 6,000 is already Saturday morning. We light candles Friday afternoon. I so understand that. Before, it could be like in another 20, 40 years. Uh, I remember yeah, a long well, time ago, I said yeah. by the year 2028, the world can't exist. A long time ago in Laura's house. 2028? No, I said... You said that. You Zohar, said that there wasn't enough uh, food for the population. No, who said that? You, one time in your class, I remembered it vividly. I go, oh my God, I, I'm still going to be alive then. What what did I say in 2028? You said that you think that by the I year mean, 2028, there's going to be too many people in the population and that Mashiach has to come before. Not going to be enough food to feed the whole world. I remember you gave a class. Oh, yeah. Well, that could be. Yeah, but that'll never happen. Look, they're saying at the end of the century, the ocean waters are going to rise because the climate it's change. It's rising, yeah. I mean, do you know if the ocean water rises five feet? Do you know that most of the most of the uh, cities on the, in the world are within uh, are within the distance of the ocean? You know that most yep. cities are east co- you know on the coast. So if the oceans rise, let's say uh, five feet, because all the glaciers would melt, then that's it. I mean, imagine how many hundreds of millions of people will have to move inland. But that's not going to happen. None of this will happen. You know, the world now has seven and a half billion people. So obviously, in 2050 or 2100, the world is going to reach a point where there will be, they estimate, 40 billion people. Can you imagine 40 billion people all having to eat three meals a day? But that will never happen. You know, the timing is that Mashiach bin Dovid will come and God will solve the problem. Because a crop, let's say, that produces, let's say, a thousand bushels of wheat, right, will now produce a hundred thousand bushels of wheat in the same area. Because the whole thing is shlekaderachateva. It's all supernatural. And in many ways, we are witnessing the stages before the end. You see? Right. Now, do you think any of this has anything to do with today? They burnt the, yesterday they burnt the kever of Mordechai and Esther in, in uh, Iran? Yeah, that was terrible. What do you think? Does this have something to do with Mashiach Ben Yosef's suffering? Yes, it does, because uh, uh, Mordechai, right? Ish Ben is his brother. Correct. He was from Ben right? And in a certain sense, he could have been Mashiach Ben Yosef. Remember, in every generation, there's an individual that's a Sherish, right? And is a candidate for the Yechidah to descend upon him. So in the generation of Mordechai, the, the tshuva, the repentance of the Jews, was so great that the Mashiach should have come. Now I had another connection with Mashiach ben Yosef, because this I thought so today myself with Mordechai. Today is the yurtzeit of Eli Kohan, the spy, you know, from Syria? Yeah, yeah. He also took a lot of suffering 
for the Jewish yeah, people. Yeah, but remember, just because you suffer doesn't make you a Messiah. Mm-hmm. Don't confuse that. Make you Mashiach. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make um, you. Rabbi, a I have a question. Anyway. When we go to Israel. Yeah. Okay. One more question. Go ahead. When we go to Israel for the Mashiach, how does it like work? How it like? How do you find out what tribe you are? How is everyone going to fit in Israel? Like what? He will the, know. Well, you're talking about an individual that's greater than uh, the Malachim. In other words, he will have not only Ruach HaKodesh, he will be a Novi. He will be able to tell everybody exactly what they need to know. You know what I'm oh, saying? Wow. Think about that. Well, if you sure. would so, ask yeah, Moshe like, Rabbeinu, oh, he could tell you also, <laughs> what? You know? Like Moshe, like everyone used to read online to speak to him and ask him questions, stuff like that. Exactly. Sure. Same idea, you know? It'll be, we, we, we cannot comprehend what his entry will be. They say that individual. the mountains will flatten in Israel. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different aspect, you know. That means there will be no barriers because a mountain is a barrier. Right. And there will be no barriers in Israel. Okay. Yeah. Love the question. I hope uh, everybody uh, uh, yeah. understood I hope everybody understood Sheer. Thank you, Rabbi. You look beautiful. Thank you. You know, so it's very fundamental. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, and it, it it explains in depth, you know, um, what who the Mashiach is in a spiritual way.